Grand Prairie, Dawson Creek, Fort St. John, or wherever you are joining from. Welcome to Fresh Angle. I am your host, Danielle. Fresh Angle invites you to hear about new, exciting ways to see God, yourself, and others. How do thriving relationships sound? Guilt and shame gone. Hope, peace, meaning, purpose, and a joy that can withstand whatever life throws at you can be your normal. We often fail to realize these things all have a common source, a clear understanding of who God is, of how he feels about us, and how knowing the truth changes everything. Stay tuned as Pastor Dan brings us a fresh angle on God, life, love, and the things that matter the most. Hey, welcome back to Fresh Angle. We're going to jump back to the beginning of Hannah's story. I want to read it to you from the message version of the Bible. And I think you'll get a feel for more of the emotion and the angst of the story. So here it goes. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. There once was a man who lived in Ramathiam. He was descended from the old Zuf family in the Ephraim Hills. His name was Elkanah. He was connected with the Zufs from Ephraim through his father Jehoram, his grandfather Elihu, and his great-grandfather Tohu. He had two wives. The first was Hannah, the second was Penina. Penina had children, Hannah did not. Every year this man went from his hometown up to Shiloh to worship and offer a sacrifice to the god of the angel armies. Eli and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, served as the priest of God there. When Elkanah sacrificed, he passed helpings from the sacrificial meal around to his wife, Penina, and all her children. But he always gave an especially generous helping to Hannah because he loved her so much and because God had not given her children. But her rival wife taunted her cruelly, rubbing it in and never letting her forget that God had not given her children. This went on year after year. Every time she went to the sanctuary of God, she could expect to be taunted. Hannah was reduced to tears and had no appetite. Her husband Elkanah said, O Hannah, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? And why are you so upset? Am I not of more worth to you than ten sons? Elkanah is doing his best after not doing what was right. What do I mean by that? It points out with great detail that Elkanah came from the hills of Ephraim. And what you probably don't know is that the hills of Ephraim are the epicenter of the Jewish faith at that time. That is the land that Joshua took when he came into the promised land. That is where people went to worship. When the Bible tells us that people came from Ephraim, it's telling us that they should be, or at least came from, a very godly place. Then it tells us that he had two wives, which would make any good Jew do a double take. Because even though there are instances of polygamy in the Old Testament, they are the exception amongst God's people and they are not the rule. And they all knew that it should not be this way. So why does Elkanah from Ephraim have two wives? And then it goes on to explain to us why. Because he married Hannah first and she couldn't have children, so he took a second wife to do what Hannah couldn't do. As soon as he made that choice, he destroyed his home. It would have been hard enough for Hannah and Elkanah to suffer through a childless marriage. That would have been disappointing enough. But now he has gone a step further and crushed her all the more by bringing a woman into their home and into their marriage who can have children, which only magnifies her lack. You see, this story is not just about a woman who couldn't have a child. It's much bigger than that. 
It's about a woman who is surrounded by people who are all getting what they want and succeeding in what they want while she has nothing. And Elkanah tries to make it better, but his efforts to make it better actually make it worse. When he gives her extra, he's reminding her, I feel pity for you and I'm trying to compensate. Penina also sees it and she takes the opportunity to ridicule her or treat her cruelly, as the text says. And then as a pastor and leader of churches, the most haunting thing for me is that it says every time she went to the sanctuary of God, she could expect to be taunted. Hannah was reduced to tears and she had no appetite. I have had many conversations over the years with people who either struggle to go to church or don't go to church. And the common theme in those conversations is that going to church somehow reminds them of a failure, brings up pain. It's a difficult place for them to be. Why is that? Because they look around at everyone else and they assume two things that are both false. The first assumption they make is that everybody else dressed in their finest and singing and praying and worshiping with their children and doing all the things that they do in church is that they have their lives together. The second false assumption is that all those people are looking at them and thinking about their failures or their lack or their whatever the problem is. Also, in most cases, a false assumption. In fact, I would dare to guess based on my experience that two individuals could come to church, both look at each other and think the other is judging them for what they aren't and thinking that the other has it all together. They're both having the same feelings. Sister A looks at Sister B and says, Man, Sister B has it all together and I see how she looks at me knowing that I don't have it all together. And Sister B looks at Sister A and thinks the exact same things. Hannah was a woman whose life was a daily failure. In her culture, women were supposed to have children. We've talked about that. We've talked about Elkanah's role. We've talked about Penina. What we haven't talked about is the role of the community, the role of the church, how the broader community relates to people who are suffering. In this story, it says that Hannah, when she went to the sanctuary of God, could expect to be taunted, and it brought her to tears. I'm so confused I know I heard you loud and clear So I followed through Somehow I ended up here I don't want to think I may never understand That my broken heart is a part of your plan when I try to pray, all I got is hurt and these four words Thy will be done Thy will be done Thy will be done You're good. 
hard to count it all joy Distracted by the noise Just trying to make sense Of all your promises Sometimes I gotta stop Remember that you're God And I am not so We're going to continue reading the story, and I want to show you that the church is not looking so good in this story. She pulled herself together, slipped away quietly, and entered the sanctuary. The priest, Eli, was on duty at the entrance to God's temple in the customary seat. Crushed in soul, Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. Then she made a vow. O God of the angel armies, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely, unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. So it happened that as she continued in prayer before God, Eli the priest was watching her closely. Hannah was praying in her heart silently, her lips moved, but no sound was heard. Eli jumped to the conclusion that she was drunk. He approached her and said, you're drunk. How long do you plan to keep this up, sober up woman? Hannah said, oh no sir, please. I'm a woman hard used. I haven't been drinking, not a drop of wine or beer. The only thing I've been pouring out is my heart, pouring it out to God. Don't for a minute think I'm a bad woman. It's because I'm so desperately unhappy and in such pain that I've stayed here so long. Hannah slips away from her family circle, the epicenter of her pain. And she slips away quietly to the sanctuary seeking God and seeking relief, only to be met by a priest who makes a false accusation against her 
by assuming things about her. In other words, she went to the sanctuary to find relief, only to find more burden. God forgive us. If people ever come into our circle of influence, whether it's our church, whether it's our home, whether it's into us as a friend and a confidant, whatever the circumstances, if anyone ever comes to us to escape their own personal hell and to seek relief in our presence, God forgive us if we add to the burden. Eli, the priest of the sanctuary, just added to her pain. All she wanted was to pour her heart out and her struggles out and her lack out and her nothingness out to the only one that she believed could help her, the God of the angel armies. In our next episode, we will explore why this title is used in this story, the God of the angel armies, probably not a title you're familiar with. And we will explore God's role in Hannah's story up to this point. We'll see you next week. We're glad you stayed and invite you to join us next week for another Fresh Angle. While you are waiting, be sure to stop by our website at www.freshangle.ca. Don't be satisfied with less than the truth about God and how He sees you. If your experience with religion so far has been more fear than faith, shame than humble confidence, guilt than joy, or confusion instead of clarity, you have come to the right place and we look forward to having you back next week. Pastor Dan is now on YouTube. Visit youtube.com at Dan Wilson Pastor. Like, subscribe, and hit the notification button for all the latest updates today.